Welcome back, everybody, to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I'm here in beautiful Pitt Meadows, British Columbia, with my co-host Jake Jude and Tyler Erlinson. I am Marcus Keller. How are you doing, Jake? Not too bad, not too bad, but I mean, come on, let's cut right to the chase. Tyler, what's the weather like? <laughs> I did not think this was coming. I don't know why, but I did not think this was coming. Um, How? I, I, I this is know. probably the only segment that we have actually done every week. <laughs> yeah, we fair started. enough. I mean, weather's great. Look out the window. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> green that's all i got okay cool you know what i did take it off the docket this time because i thought we were done with it all right, all right. I'm, I'm good to keep rolling with no, it that, that can I be like the it. that can be the the series finale of the of the weather updates from sure time. no more weather updates uh, y'all i'm yeah. sorry well you know we'll save that as a special for when he's on the road because that sure. will probably happen again sure so how about that ladies and gentlemen when tyler's on the road he will tell us about the weather wherever he is sounds good but so long as he's with us and we're all looking out the same window we'll just uh we'll assume it's raining it's going right. <laughs> or snowing. <laughs> or in most cases. Yeah, well, we are getting to July here, so it might start raining soon. Uh, fake sponsor of the week. Uh, this is a placeholder uh, for a real sponsor, which we think we are capable of getting someday. Uh, if you are interested in sponsorship opportunities, you can always reach us by email at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com. You're also welcome to DM us on Instagram at vancouverboyspodcast. Same handle on TikTok, uh, Vancouver Boys Podcast, uh, for any other questions, comments, or just if you want to get in touch with us. For the first time ever on the Vancouver Boys Podcast, we have a dual sponsor. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by White Spot and Red Robins. We're the same fucking thing. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, which one do you like more? No, okay. I'm a proud BC boy, love White Spot. But I think if you ask me which one I'd rather have, I think I'd be going with Red Robins, honestly. Yeah. What do you think, Tyler? White Spot. White Spot? White Spot. What's your go-to? Bacon cheddar burger, fries, side of Chipotle mayo. Ooh. Can't go wrong. All right. Get the mayo. Enough. Jake? They're the same thing. It's a little plug for our fake sponsor. <laughs> yeah. They're the same thing. Yeah, um, anyway. You ever had the chicken pot pie there? Yeah. At White Spot? Good. It's really good. Really good. I like it. Yeah, make good crust. I like the crust there. It's crusty. <laughs> speaking of crusty. <laughs> speaking of crusty, uh, some Canucks news. Uh, Ian Clark, as well as all the other irrelevant coaches, have been re-signed. Uh, and I don't mean irrelevant. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're, the other coaches we've re-signed are good. We've let our power play coordinator go which might mean no more stupid drop pass up the center of the ice with no speed at <laughs> all, just running into a wall of defense at their blue line. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Ian Clark is obviously the big one. He signed a five-year contract. That is no coincidence that it matches the length of Thatcher Demko's contract. Yeah. Um, really excited. I don't know if people saw Demko actually commented on the Canucks post on Instagram where it announced he was re-signed and just had like, I think it was like the the emoji wearing sunglasses or something like he's happy about it yeah. he loves ian clark ian clark likes working here uh he's a big part of our success on this team i think so awesome to have him back we also hired associate coach brad shaw who uh he came from like columbus right columbus that's right columbus is kind of clearing house right now so they have a few guys uh yeah. going around but he was kind of working his way up he was an assistant coach and then became an associate coach 
He's really a big picture guy. He's someone who's going to help Travis Green almost look at the whole team in a few aspects and just give him almost a second set of eyes, just another perspective. And uh, from his interview, he sounds like a really intelligent guy. And I'm excited to see what he could do with this group. Yeah, he even called out Hughes. He did. On his defensive play and mm -hmm. pretty much said that that's not going to cut it. He's got to learn how to translate his offense into defense and be a lot quicker and smarter on uh, his plays in the corner and going for puck battles. Yeah. So it's uh, it's nice to see him coming in and calling out the big guys right away. He's pretty bold. Yeah. Pretty bold for a guy who yeah, first goes. day and goes, you know what? Our best defenseman is just not cutting it. Yeah. Well, no, he's not yeah. wrong. He well, also I – mean, uh, He had Seth Jones. Yeah. We, he, we're going to have Seth Jones. Yeah. He also quite subtly went after Tyler Myers, too, in his interview. And they kind of asked, you know, oh, what do you see in, like, a big guy like him? Like, he has a lot of potential. And he kind of said, oh, I'm going to talk to Tyler. And we're going to see what he thinks would make him successful. And I was kind of like, man, like, you know, if you don't read into it, sure, you know, what else is a new coach going to say? But when you really think about it, Tyler Myers, buckle your seatbelts. I think you're about to get whipped. Yeah. Four five D pairing. Yeah. I mean like if, if this guy worked under torts, oh he he's gotta be that style of coach. That works for me. Which is kind of ironic, right? Torts was here, he went to Columbus, that guy's Columbus comes here. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it though. We got Torts two Right? Yeah. Well, let's let's just slow our rolls. <laughs> I'd love to hear that guy go after the media though. That'd be fun. <laughs> Um, Attack the Calgary coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what Chasing I want. First game, I Chase want Bradshaw running to the visitors' dressing room, just throwing hands with yeah. anyone that'll grab him. <laughs> I want to see it. Taking out Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, <laughs> Mangia Penny. <laughs> oh, that'd yeah. be that'd oh, be God. wonderful to see. That was uh, that was one of the most entertaining things that happened. Like, if you take hockey over the last decade and you're making like a top twenty moments, Dude, that's making the cut. If you ask any Canucks fan or any hockey fan, hey, what do you remember from Torts time in Vancouver? He tried All to the fight the Calgary Flames <laughs> between periods. <laughs> That's all they're saying. You know what's crazy, too? I, I heard this a while ago. The only reason we even have footage of that in the hallway is because it was Hockey Night in Canada. Sportsnet doesn't have the camera in the hallway dressing room. Only Hockey Night in Canada has that. So if it weren't for that, we would have just heard stories of it, and everyone probably would have been like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But, like, we we saw it on live TV because <laughs> it was on a Saturday. Yeah. I remember, too, they were, like, going to break, and mm -hmm. they're like, they put, like, the panel up on the bottom, and it said, you know, Canucks 0, Calgary 4, or whatever. <laughs> you just see Torts throwing hands across. Yeah. Should have said Torts 1, Calgary 0. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. speaking of Mangiapane, though, he was arguably Canada's best player in the uh, the World Championship, or yeah. the World Cup, or whatever it was. Best forward, for sure. What a comeback, sure. though, hey? I know. What a horrible hockey team. <laughs> the, the first ever <laughs> team. Do you even know who their goalie was? Yeah. Oh. Darcy Kemper. <laughs> yeah. I was but like, really? This Canada, is the best goalie that Canada could find? Canada sent their like 100th, they, they built like 100 teams. And then they're like, you know what? Team 101, you guys are, you guys are in. <laughs> yeah. They, like, no, I'm not ripping on either of these guys because I like both of them. But their top defensive pairing was Troy Stetcher, who did not qualify for an offer last year. And a guy who's not in the NHL yet. <laughs> Yeah. But they played great together, Oh, they did. So. They were phenomenal after game three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where we lost to, who did we lose to? Like Italy, Latvia, 
And like, who even knows? But that's the game. The US was on. Right after that is when we got Mangiapane in the lineup. Yeah, turn things around. Game changer. <laughs> I think he won player of the tournament too. Did Probably. he? Yeah, I think he won like MVP of the tournament. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Andrew Rocket Calgary's third line. Yeah. First team ever to go 0-3 in the first three games, then win the gold. Never happened before. Well, yeah, because it's kind of sad. Like, yeah. the tur- and a and tournament where to knock off Russia, USA, yeah, <laughs> and Finland <laughs> to get gold. Jeez. So it's kind of like, like they the did earn it. Way. They went through yeah. the hardest way possible. It's almost more fun that way, though. Like as a Canadian hockey fan, sometimes it's almost tiring watching you know Crosby, McKinnon, whoever else you want to put on that yeah. line. McDavid. Uh, McDavid, right? And then you've got three centers out like, there. It's just <laughs> stupid. Well, like, think about the, the it, 2016 World Cup of Hockey, right? They had to build Team Europe yeah. just, to, just to play against or, or team, team Canada. North, they still or, or team, team North, North America, America. <laughs> because Canada was too stacked. Yeah, they yeah. had to split up the Canadians. Yeah. McKinnon and McDavid on the lesser, yeah. the younger team. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, like, how many other years would that work, though? Like, you could not build that team this year anymore because it was U23, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you build a team that successful. You'd yet. have like, let's see, you'd have like Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes might be on the Team USA team. Oh, oh, right, no, no, that's right. It was a mix. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you you cannot build a team that good again. Yeah. You, you that had that was the perfect year to do it. Yeah, and that, McKinnon the, was like twenty two. Yeah, yeah, you had McKinnon, Matthews, McDavid, was Eichel, like Eichel. Yeah, exactly. Like you have superstar caliber players. Yeah. Canada's just like, yeah, we don't need this. But it was, it was funny, though, that they Who did that. Guys? But then again, had Team Sweden, which is part of Europe, but was a different team, yeah. but also had U23 players on it. Yeah. It was like, it, that was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But yeah. it was so fun. It was and fun like, to watch. And, and even before COVID, they announced they weren't doing a 2020 Cup. Yeah. Which made no sense. So it was like they brought back the World Cup of Hockey for 2016. And then we're like, that was fun. Let's just never do it again. <laughs> yeah. Now we, hey, we made a lot of money off of that. I think You know what? We're that. the NHL. We don't like that here. We're, no more marketing. We'd rather melt our ice. <laughs> I think they did that because they took the NHL players out of the Olympics and everyone was pissed. Yeah, well, they did. That, it was that's to right, compensate yeah. for that. And I guess that's just it. Is this year they're going back to the Olympics. So Yeah, yeah. 2022, I think. But yeah. Well, but yeah, that's this coming season. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's this February. Where is it? Do you remember it? Uh, it is not in Canada. Tokyo, I believe. Or no, no, no. Sorry, Tokyo is this summer yeah. doing the 2020 yeah. Summer Olympics in 2021. That's right. Yeah. But then 2022 winter, it, it's also somewhere in Asia. Okay. It is an Asian country. I forget which one. Is it Beijing? Didn't they have it? Yeah, in they like, did. The, they yeah. did the 08 summers, but I thought it was China. I think it's China doing the 2022 Winter Olympics. Well, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hope you're all prepped for the 2022 Olympics yeah. and the 2020 ha- Olympics. Well, you are now. <laughs> yeah. Now you're up to date. Yeah. So, what do you guys think the Canucks should do with Miller and Schmidt? Do you think they should move on from them or keep them around as building blocks? Well, I think before we get into this at all, there has definitely been rumors around whether or not they even want to be here. And I think, first of all, we need to know one way or the other whether or not they do. Miller has said, I believe publicly, that he does want to be here. He wants to play here. And so that's kind of the first step. Schmidt, I don't know. It's hard to tell whether or not he wants to be here or not. So with Miller, I would say, yeah, you definitely have a player there who wants to be here. He has had two, well, he had one really good year and a second where, you know, it was a a tough year for everyone, but he still had a pretty good year. 
So I'd say Miller is not a player that, that you want to move on from quite yet. Um, also, he's on a pretty good contract, you know. So you're getting what you what you should be getting from him. He wants to be here. He's, you know, mentoring some younger players. No, I think he's, he's solid. He's what you want from that kind of player. And I think another thing that usually gets glossed over a lot is people who watch hockey and even a lot of analysts and people on TV, they don't consider the fact that these players have relationships with management, you know, and that relationship that they have with management does actually contribute to the fact on whether or not they're going to move the guy out because character guys still exist. Having those guys in the locker room that are going to push the pace of the team exists. And I think Miller is one of those guys who's a high intensity guy who wants to win above anything else. And that's why you have him in that locker room above almost anything else. And he's a great player too. Schmidt, I'll let Marcus talk more on it because I think he's probably more well aware of, of Schmidt's situation. But just from watching him this year, I think he's probably a player that uh, they will end up doing something with before the end of his contract. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, the thing, just to touch quickly on Miller too, was you mentioned that he's a character guy, a locker room guy. You watched the videos of him last year in the playoffs reading off the starting lineup before every game. That guy was hyping the whole room up. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It is, 100%. I, I never played hockey, but I played lacrosse. I played soccer. You need to have those guys that just get the whole group on board. You, you need them. They're important. Um, as well, he, he is a very talented player, and, and I, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Schmidt is someone who I actually would not trade in the offseason, but just for his cap hit, if nothing else, I would give him out as a playoff rental uh, because that's where you can get someone who's more desperate for him. In the offseason, you typically don't have teams that are absolutely desperate for that guy to be with you right from the beginning. But when there's that team that just knows that they're maybe half a piece away from getting the cup or, or making a solid cup run, they will overpay. And by overpay, I mean maybe take... I would assume if we dealt Schmidt, we'd probably have to retain some of his cap. With a contending team who desperately needs him, you can leverage them with that desperation. You can retain less of his cap uh, for that reason. Uh, so Schmidt is not someone I say we get rid of now. But uh, much like Jake said, I think before the end of his contract, uh, I would be surprised if he finishes that contract as a Canuck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, watching Schmidt, I noticed that he got better and better as the season did go on. I feel like he's starting to become a little more comfortable with the guys. He's like a really goofy, outgoing kind of guy. But I think he's getting more comfortable with where he's playing. And I think this year is going to be a big year for him. I think he could have a breakout year now that he's been with the guys for a season and he's more comfortable and they might use him more to his advantages. So I could definitely see them getting rid of him at playoff time, like you said. But uh, I think they should definitely hang on to him. And Miller, I love Miller. Keep Miller. You can't go wrong with JT Miller. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the one thing, too, about that was that um, they, they mentioned at the beginning of the season when the Canucks were struggling a lot that we had a lot of player turnover over the offseason. We lost to Foley. We lost Stetcher. We lost Tanev. We lost Markstrom. The list goes on. And usually that's fine. You know, you lose some guys. You get some new ones. That's how hockey works. But... When the new guys came in, they weren't able to actually bond with the team because of all the restrictions. They couldn't go to players' houses. They couldn't have meals together. It was locker room for an allotted period of time, and then you had to separate. So a lot of those bonding experiences that do help a team on the ice, 
didn't get to happen. And I think you see that with a lot of teams that had major turnover this year was they just, a lot of them didn't perform as well as expected. And I think that's largely because that bonding was gone. It wasn't there, right? Look at Calgary even where, who took like half of our players in the off season. Cause I guess they thought that was funny or something. <laughs> they didn't do too great either. Right. And, and I don't think that's because they're necessarily a bad hockey team. It's because they didn't bond the way that new players should bond with each other. What would you think about the Canucks bringing in a player like Alexander Kerfoot or something in the offseason? Here, here's my thing. When I look at this team, I want a Stanley Cup. I don't care if next year we don't make the playoffs. I want a Stanley Cup with this group of players. But you look at the core of this group, and then you look at Vegas's core. Think about the gap, the sizable gap between those two cores, right? And, and the skill-wise. This core is not ready to build around yet for win-now mode. You need to support them with pieces that are going to fall off when we're in win-now mode so we can bring in players at that time to replace them that will get us into win-now mode. You don't do it yet. So no, I don't go after Kerfoot for that reason. I say that is the type of player that we go after in three to four years, not now. I don't like Kerfoot, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't go after him. I, I think the Canucks have way too many centermen to begin with. It's just not a position that we're looking for players. So I don't see him fitting into the lineup very nicely. He's a great third-line depth piece for a lot of teams. Just I don't, don't think he would fit nicely in Vancouver. I wouldn't want any player coming off of the 2020-2021 <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Kerfoot disappeared in the playoffs. He makes too much money. Um, I've yet I've yet to see that guy in his career make any kind of impression on me when he was in Colorado or since he's been in, in Montreal or Toronto. He just, I don't know, he just seems like a player to me that's just a filler. He's never going to be on a championship winning team. I don't think. God, I hope that quote doesn't come back to haunt me, but yeah. I, I really... You bank on it right now. Next year, he's getting dealt to whatever yeah, team. Tampa's picking cop. him up for a league minimum. Yeah. You get four five. Yeah. Um, but no, I just he, he doesn't come across to me as a player that has, and I really hate saying this because it's so overused, but killer instinct. He doesn't really seem like a, like a player to me that will sacrifice, that will push a team. He just kind of seems like a filler player, which I sometimes to, can help. But. I wanted to mention, it, it's funny that you got Montreal and Toronto mixed up. Because I think the guy who's in charge of lighting the CN Tower also got those cities mixed up. For those of you who didn't catch it, the CN Tower in Toronto was lit up red, white, and blue to support the Montreal Canadiens as Canada's last chance this season at a Stanley Cup. Or at the very minimum winning one game against Vegas. <laughs> um, or Colorado, but it's going to be Vegas. What do you guys think about that? Arch rival cities lighting up while well, one lighting up to support the other what are your guys' thoughts on that i'm surprised as hell for starters yeah wow toronto fans are so petty that i couldn't see them ever doing that well technically uh, they didn't well yeah. they were actually quite upset about it after it happened <laughs> the guy who did it's secretly a montreal fan it's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> uh, behind no, I mean, enemy lines i mean i like it I love Carey Price. I'm not the biggest Montreal Canadiens fan, but I don't hate the Canadiens. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad to see 
the support going for them. And yeah. as Canada's last hope, I want them to win. I never thought I'd be the guy to bring this up, but where was the Vancouver Canucks support from those cities last year in the second round? We're not Canadian. We're an extension of California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But no, seriously, like, when has any other Canadian team supported another? Like, I've never heard this before. You know, they're rivals. It doesn't make sense. And just because this year they played against each other? I don't know. I just feel like it's probably just some sort of weird PR stunt. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll get them some attention and help the team, but I don't know. I also don't think anyone that follows hockey really has that much faith in the Montreal Canadiens anyway. So, I don't know. It's just it's weird above anything else. You know what it probably is? Now that the Leafs are out, they're just trying to get themselves back in on Sportsnet and SportsCenter. Yeah. yeah, people talking trying to get their, their media yeah. time. Yeah, you know, they don't get enough of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, well, he, the argument that I heard today was that the CN Tower, unlike um, BC Place or unlike other... Um, uh, sorry, what's the tower in Calgary called? What's Calgary Tower? Is that just what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, unlike the Calgary Tower, unlike uh, BC Place, which are owned by the city or, or owned by the province, CN Tower is actually a national monument, which is owned by the government of Canada not by the city of Toronto. So it's not on the same level of control, I guess. My problem with that, though, is like, it, even though, you know, what you say We're is, still is part true. We're Canada. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that too. But like, who would know that? You know, when you think the CN Tower, you don't think Canada, you think specifically Toronto. Yeah. You know, and if they were to light up like the Parliament buildings in Ottawa, red, white, and blue, well, that's one thing. Because then that's, you know, even though it's in Ottawa, it's still a very recognizable national monument. Yeah. But, you know, like if BC Place was lit up with Montreal Canadiens colors, people would kind of be like, what? <laughs> I'd kind of like it, honestly. I mean, well, that I'm a big believer in that if you are a Canadian hockey team and my team is eliminated, I'm cheering for you. That's just, that is the Canadian part of my brain. Unless and, you're the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, if you're the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets, no, I will never. Okay, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's Jake's thing. But for, for me, <laughs> for me, the only reason I would never cheer for Toronto, and they are the only team that's not on my list of teams I would cheer for, is because they don't do it for anyone else. This is even, people are saying, oh, wait, hey, what about the CN Tower? Prime example. It was something out of their control that got lit up, and you should see the response on social media. It is unbelievable how outraged they are. And for me, it's like, that's it's weird because that's the opposite of my mindset if you're canadian i want your team to win the cup if mine is already eliminated i think this is probably a topic that is worth putting to the to the, to the listeners of the podcast i i really think i would love to get their impression on, on on that take you know what do you guys think if your team gets knocked out are you cheering for the canadian team are you cheering for uh, an underdog american team are you not cheering for anyone like I, I really do want to know what what you guys have to say so uh, let's next week we're gonna throw up a poll on our Instagram account um, at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Please go and vote, and because uh, I'm really curious, I want to know because Marcus, honestly, I I don't think many people have the same uh, impression that That's you do. Sad. That's really sad. It's very un-Canadian of you. Anyone <laughs> who agrees with Jake. Yeah. And for those of and for those of you that aren't Canadian listening, we want to know your opinion too. When your team gets knocked out, who do you cheer? Who do you cheer for, and why? Or why don't you cheer for another team? Interesting. We actually did do a poll this week uh, once the Winnipeg Jets were eliminated asking who's on the Montreal Canadiens bandwagon. And two options were, yeah, Canada's team, let's go. 
or not my team, I'm not, you know, I want nothing to do with them. And the results were heavily in my favor, uh, with 23% saying, no, they're not cheering for the Habs, that's not how they do things. And I believe it was 77%, that's math that adds up to 100%, I think. <laughs> right, but... Um, who, who said, yeah, you know, they're Canadian, I'm Canadian, when my team's out, we're one country. But Marcus, I really think that this year in particular is different for a few reasons. One, Montreal is a massive underdog, right? Like in a typical year, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs and they've knocked out two being the two best teams in Canada so far. Right. The other thing is they beat Toronto. And the only thing stronger than a fan's love... By the way, everything you've said so far is just <laughs> making me want them to win more. But the, the big thing is, is like... If the people that are on their bandwagon so far might only be cheering for them because of that fact that I mentioned, they're a big underdog, or that they knocked out a team that you know they love to hate more than they love to love their own team, and might not be simply because they are another Canadian team. Like I think if Toronto had knocked out Montreal in the first round and Winnipeg in the second round, would there still be this momentum behind them because they're the only Canadian team left? Well, there would be more because TSN and Sportsnet would be pushing it on. That's the media. I'm talking about the fan reaction. Like you just mentioned, you said the listeners of the podcast voted and they said, yes, we're getting behind Montreal. But what I would think is it's more to do with the fact that they're underdogs and they beat Toronto than the fact that they're the last Canadian team. And there's a big difference there. I don't think anybody would be getting behind Toronto. That's not a Toronto fan. Exactly. Would you be getting behind Toronto? That's a no, no but fan. there's a reason for that. But there's a reason for That's that. That's every other Canadian Mm-mm-mm-mm. that hates Toronto. <laughs> no. Here's the thing, here's the reason, is because every time the Leafs get eliminated in the first round and an underdog Canadian team moves to the second round, which has been every year for the past 14 years. Never against each other, though. No, never against each other. But what's happened is whenever uh, Sportsnet or TSN puts out their poll and, you know, oh, who's, who's cheering for them, who's on the Canadian bandwagon, who's cheering for the Canadian team, all the comments from Toronto are always... What are you talking about? It's basketball season. Or it's baseball season. They just shut hockey off once their team is eliminated. And from the sense I've gathered from social media, they're the only fan base in Canada that does that. Given they're also the only other fan base that has an NBA team and an MLB team in their same market. But every other Canadian hockey fan base seems to get on each other's bandwagons, in in the majority-wise once their team's eliminated. Toronto seems to be the only fan base that won't do it, and that is the only reason I won't give them my support. If it weren't for that, I could even overcome the disgusting TSN and Sportsnet over-mediaization uh, of them. I could overcome that. What I can't overcome is their fans. So that, that is my only reason for not cheering for them, is because they won't cheer for anyone else, and they're the only Canadian team that does that, from what I've seen. I just don't think there's enough evidence to be able to say that, you know, like if Edmonton were the team coming out, Calgary were the team coming out, if Ottawa was the team coming out, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing many other cities supporting them the way that Montreal's gotten this huge wave of support. And I, I, like I mentioned before, I think it's literally just because underdogs and they took out Toronto. I don't, I don't see the support happening being the last Canadian team. And also I refuse to cheer for the Winnipeg Jets. Like, if, if, if they had won He's that series... He's a Preds fan. He's a Preds fan. <laughs> but it's, it's more than that. Honestly, like, I had a... 
I had a frustration with them for sure because they constantly beat my team. But after that Shifley hit, and especially the way that uh, Paul Maurice reacted, uh, the way that Shifley reacted to it, basically blaming his team's defeat on the Department of Player Safety. When the they consensus... Sucked. Yeah. The, the Winnipeg con- Jets sucked in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And, and the consensus on his suspension was that it was fair. It wasn't an overkill suspension. It wasn't not enough. I mean, for, Jake Evans is, is barely working out again. Like, he's been pretty much bedridden since the hit. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me that, that there's this weird perspective that players can just go out and put a guy in the hospital and, and expect to get a one or two game suspension. Like, you're lucky you're playing again at all because this guy isn't. Anyway, and I just think that the amount of respect that Mark Shifley has had throughout his career has been a pretty sizable amount. You know, he was a high draft pick. He's a solid player. And I, I think, think he's, he's lost, lost a lot of that. That's now. what I'm about to say is he's lost all he's lost a lot if not all of it since that since that hit. But I don't want to get bogged down too much on on that because uh, we have been talking about it for a bit more for a bit longer than we probably should have been. There's yeah. a lot more to talk about. Yeah, we still have to get into the actual playoffs and, yes. and the the update on the playoffs and the updates on our brackets that are all looking very good and we have <laughs> definitely all picked really good picks. Yeah, he's going to win. <laughs> Brovsky is carrying this team to the cup. Yeah. yeah, this golf swing's looking great. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's talk about Grubauer. He's doing a great job, too. Yeah. Because, <laughs> as we all know, Tyler's dying hope right now is that Colorado will beat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, which uh, we should mention as the recording of this podcast uh, is before the Thursday, June 10th meeting between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. In fact, that game starts in about eight minutes. So in about eight minutes, this podcast is going to get really spacey because it's going to be on the TV behind us. Anyway, so we ran with some of those topics a little bit longer than we planned. So I think we'll throw it to break now and save our bracket and playoff updates, which we usually do right before the break for right after the break. Uh, Stick with us. We'll be back in a few minutes, right after a word from our fake sponsor. week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by White Spot and Red Robins. We're the same fucking thing. We'll be right back. And welcome back everybody from the break. Uh, We're going to jump right into our playoff brackets and playoff updates. But first, we're going to remind you where you can find us. Uh, you can grab us by email at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com. We're also around on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Vancouver Boys Podcast. We're also on TikTok under the same handle. Message us on any of those platforms if you have something you want to discuss on the show, if you want a sponsorship opportunity, or you just want to say hi. We're always around. Uh, jumping into the playoffs, let's talk about the most recent elimination, which at the time of recording was last night, as the most exciting team in hockey, the New York Islanders, eliminated the Boston Bruins. How did you guys feel about that series? Because obviously there was some sarcasm there and the Islanders have built a reputation as being, well, Tyler, would you rate them more boring or less boring than the Minnesota Wild? Less. <laughs> less Nobody boring. is more boring than the Minnesota Wild. 
So if you're that Minnesota fan, <laughs> I hope you found a new team by now. Tyler, what's more boring, watching grass get mowed? <laughs> I honestly, wild. I would rather go outside with scissors <laughs> and cut the grass. <laughs> blade by blade. Blade by blade. And watch the Minnesota Wild play hockey. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Can we try right. to talk about the Islanders for like two seconds? All right. Okay. Well, I, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll jump into it and give my take on this. Series. Great. Thank you. Um, okay. So I uh, I watched the game beginning to end yesterday, uh, and the one thing that I noticed is wow, Paul Mary is such a good addition to that roster. Mm-hmm. He fits in really well. His style of play is great. Uh, he brings an intensity. You can tell that he's never really been on a team that's had as much promise as this team does. And it shows. He he's totally bought into the the Islanders' play, and I think that in the next round he will make his presence known again. That being said, it kind of touches on the next point I want to make, which is the New York Islanders beat the Boston Bruins in that series by out Boston Bruinsing the Boston Bruins. Like they took it to them physically. They wore them down. They never gave them an easy attempt. It was just like. The Boston Bruins had to earn everything, and it uh, it just wasn't enough. Um, and I think it's really funny because a few days ago, Bruce Cassidy mentioned in his uh, post-game interview that the New York Islanders had turned into the New York Saints in the eyes of the officials. In the eyes of the officials, and that they weren't they weren't uh, being penalized enough. And oh, it was so funny listening to the crowd chant the New York Saints after they you know just went on a five on three, uh, and and uh, well, and the Boston Bruins ended up scoring on it. But that series was, uh, you know, it wasn't one that I paid as close attention to as I have the others, but it still was a really, really aggressive physical series that I don't think even if the Boston Bruins had won that series, they would have had anything left in the tank. And uh, this is coming from someone that had them winning that series. I, I, I thought Boston was going to win that series and, and, and move on. Um, and yeah, it's a shame that, uh, that Boston got knocked out the way they did because for a lot of people... I think they wanted to see Taylor Hall succeed, and I think this was a taste of success. Um, and I really hope he resigns in Boston. I know I'm kind of getting off off track here, but just wanted to get all my opinions out. Um, I think that uh, he'll resign there, and the Boston Bruins will come back stronger next year. So if you're a Boston fan, um, which I don't think we have any, but if you're a Boston fan, uh, there's reason to be optimistic for sure in Boston. So. Barzell's nuts. Yeah, play against him. But they do play that similar style where they like to lock it down defensively and whatnot. But they do it in a little bit more of an entertaining way than neutral zone trap, dumping in every play. Yeah. You even see players like Sazikis, Martin, and Clutter Bugs, that line. Yeah. They spend most of their time in the offensive zone. Yeah, the identity line they call yeah, it. Yeah, I love watching that line play. They yeah. smoke everybody. Yeah. They're way better than everyone thinks. Yeah. And they go over there against their top guys. Yeah. They're, they're like what fourth lines used to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you can play them against anybody. Yeah. And they're not a liability. Yeah. Um, Boston, it, Taylor Hall looks great. I like watching him play with Krejci. In, in the first half of the series. In the first half of the series. The second half, they were kind of non-existent. 
Pasternak choked on that empty net, but <clears throat> is what it is. <laughs> yeah. That probably cost them that game. But uh, yeah, no, I I like watching that series. It's a good series to watch. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders moving on. Yeah. And yeah, they're gonna go far. And it, watching that series gave me more faith in them in the next round because they'll be playing Tampa and. I at the I mean I never would have thought they would have had a chance, but after watching them play against the Bruins and the way they shut them down, the Islanders have a chance. Don't sleep on them. Yeah, I agree because you you can't out Tampa Bay Tampa Bay, yeah, no. but you can shut them down. Uh, two very different styles of playing them. And man, John Tavares must be sitting at home doing two things right now: one, trying to remember his own name, and two, wishing he never left Long Island. Imagine is that too soon? Imagine if. <laughs> I know. That'd be nasty. I mean, well... Or even like Barzell, Tavares, and Anders Lee or something. But here's the other thing, is as a free agent, New York would have had to re-sign him at the contract he's at. So how much of the rest of that roster is New York sacrificing, right, to, to keep that contract? I think also, like I mentioned, I think it was a few weeks ago on the podcast, but I'll make this point again. A lot of times, the only thing a team needs to get better is to get rid of a person that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. I think about uh, Matt Duchesne when he was in Colorado. They moved him. They got instant, instantaneously better. Um, it happens a lot. Uh, teams move on from players that may be skill-wise at a high level, but they're just not a good fit for the team. So John Tavares didn't want to be there, and he left. And they got better. And he did go to his hometown team. They wanted to play. And, and yeah, stop, and stop me if you've heard this before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now he can play now he can play hockey eight months a year and golf the rest of the time. <laughs> exactly. Well, this year he won't be golfing. No, that's true. No, he'll be laying in a dark room. Yes. Just unfortunately. Yeah. Again. Yeah, no. yeah we, I should we, mention yeah. that I do feel bad for him. I'm not yeah. like teasing him like, oh what a loser. He got a concussion. Yeah. Like, no, you, you feel bad for anyone that goes through yeah. that. But uh, yeah, in retrospect that uh, that seems to have been a, a losing situation for Johnny T. Let's talk about any other series. Let's touch on Vegas, Colorado, who are playing each other right now. We're currently about halfway through the first period of game six. If Vegas wins this game, it's over. And they're going to round three and automatically round four. <laughs> um, I, I pick Vegas from the beginning to go to the finals and win the cup. Against? Ag against a team that definitely also won't win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so I am right. The Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals, who were eliminated in a well-fought round one. Uh, Could have gone either way, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it, while my bracket had some shortcomings, Vegas, I'm very proud of that pick. And they're looking like they could do the thing. And I, I think they've just been the stronger team for the most part in this series. They were tired the first couple games, and it showed. And since then, they've been an, they've looked like absolute world beaters. So uh, I think they go on to the third round and playing Montreal. I'm cheering for Montreal. I don't see it happening. I, I see Vegas going to, to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Winnipeg is not Vegas. <laughs> A very big difference between those teams. Did I say Winnipeg? Well, you mentioned that Montreal could be Winnipeg. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. point I'm making is that Montreal, although they beat Winnipeg quite handedly, 
Vegas is an entirely different beast. Yeah. They, and that's well, assuming Vegas even wins this year. Well, again, there, there's been good arguments made that the North Division was the weakest in hockey this year. And I think the strongest teams in each division might be about to prove that, might be about to prove why. You got to think about it. These guys have never seen each other this season. They have never played a team at this caliber in probably two years or a year and a half, right? It, it's not... I think Montreal is going to get absolutely steamrolled. And again, that's coming from someone who would love nothing more than to see them have success. Yeah. But I really think that Vegas is going to manhandle them. Yeah. Since my bracket was so damn perfect, whereas the only team I have left looks like they're going to get eliminated today, I think Montreal does have a chance to beat Vegas. I think they're built a lot differently than a lot of the other teams. Whereas they have a lot of players on their team that are just built for shutting people down. Like the Deneau line did to Matthews and Marner and them. I know it doesn't hold as much credibility because Toronto always chokes. But uh, those players are pretty good at what they do. And and they have lines built for that. So as long as they stop Stone and, and them, then they just have to worry about that second line, which is still lethal. Um... I think the biggest thing that comes down to is the goaltending matchup is going to be good because Carey Price is his own beast in the playoffs. And Marc-Andre Fleury is showing you why he's a Vesna candidate this year. And the defense. Personally, I think Montreal's defense is good enough. But a lot of people are probably going to argue this. So with Petrie and Weber and Edmondson... A lot of shutdown guys that are built mainly on defense, other than Petrie, who's kind of been their goal scorer this year. But I think they definitely have enough good players that have been around the league long enough. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think in the well, in the first round, there were a lot of players who, or sorry, a lot of fans who were calling for the head of, of Petrie after the first four games of that series because he wasn't contributing as much as um, I think people expected him to. Um, and then, obviously, he's had quite a bit of a shift since then. And he's contributed more. And when he got injured, a lot of people were, you know, really concerned whether or not they were going to have him back, which is a stark contrast to what they were saying uh, in the first, you know, like I said, first half of the first series. And then Weber is always a consistent uh, defenseman. But he isn't going to be able to contribute as much as he once might have been able to in, in his younger years. And so after that, I think the defense for the Montreal Canadiens starts to drop off. Obviously, Edmonton's been having a great year. Edmonton has been having a great year. And so they have these pieces on the back end that can help. But when you compare those pieces to the Vegas Golden Knights offensive pieces, it's just, it's it's a really hard sell for me to look at Montreal and say, yeah, I think they definitely have a chance in this series. Also, just the pace of the game, the intensity, the goal scoring ability. It's just... I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see Montreal winning that series. But I've been wrong in the past. I'll be wrong again in the future. And um, personally, I would love to see Montreal make it to the Stanley Cup final. I, I, I think that would be super cool for them. Um, but I, I'd be stunned if it happens. If anything, though, Montreal Canadiens fans should rest easy knowing that this year has been awesome for their development. 
Caulfield, who they just drafted, has already made such a big impact. Suzuki has been a great impact player. How cool is it going to be watching him play against the Golden Knights team that traded him? And Kotkaniemi too. They're all those young players have just made such an impact so early in their careers that I think there's a lot of people in Montreal who should be very hopeful for this team moving forward. So we'll see how the next series plays out but I can't get behind them as much as I think you have faith in them. Another defenseman that we haven't really touched on that they do lean a lot on is Ben Chirot. He's solid guy back there. They got Gustafson back from injury. He's been on the power play. He's been playing well. They have a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of older older guys that have been around the block. Gustafson won those cups in Chicago. So you never know. Yeah, Montreal, I mean... I don't see them making it past this next round. But if I'm Montreal, my game plan is come out in game one flying. Because look at the Vegas-Colorado series. Uh, Vegas was not rested. They were just coming off of... Uh, was it a game seven? The Vegas-Minnesota series? Yes, that yeah, went to game seven. seven. Yeah. Uh, they came in, played a very rested Colorado team, and dropped the first two games. If Montreal can get that first step in on them edgewise, they might have a chance. But what Vegas' big advantage is going to be is that crowd. They have an 18,000-seat stadium sold out, screaming and cheering their lungs out for this team. They will then all travel back to Montreal, where they will have less than 3,000 people in attendance. Making as much noise as they can, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I think that's a huge influence on the game. Yeah, needless to say, the next round is going to be awesome because it's going to be the first time we get to see these teams play each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Re- regardless of who you think is going to win, it's going to be worth watching. Yeah, for so. sure. Uh, moving on to our final playoff series uh, that has concluded is uh, Tampa and Carolina. This was a really fun series to watch. And uh, Dougie Hamilton, if you're out there, uh, we'd love to get you on an episode of the podcast because it sounds like you have some very similar takes to us, <laughs> uh, a- as noted in your press conference after the game. Uh, Tyler, do you have the quote on you, what he said? I do. He said, it's hard to say. We're definitely close. We had a great season. We lost to a team that's $18 million over the cap, or whatever they are. Whatever indeed. And whatever, it, it was correct when he said $18 million over the cap. Which is like 20% of the cap. <laughs> yeah, you, you could sign Louis Erickson like three times with that. <laughs> Dougie, I'm sorry to break it to you, but if they were in trouble for being that far over the cap, you guys probably would have lost to the Florida Panthers. <laughs> oh my the only God. reason they didn't win is because Tampa's cheating. Yeah. Well, I, I, think that, gate. <laughs> I think that's what we're all agreeing on is that Tampa Bay cheated. They didn't cheat. They are cheating. <laughs> they are still in the pro. That's They're correct. in the process of being twenty percent over the cap. It's insane. It's like everyone's talking about it, and it's just like, yeah, they are. They're technically <laughs> within the rules, even though they're cheating. Yeah, and and that's it. The, the league has to amend this rule at some point in the very near future, because as I mentioned in the last episode. This is something that other teams are eventually going to start looking at and going, hey, we can do that. It's not getting disciplined. We'd be stupid not to do it. But at the same time, they did take the risk this year in sitting out Futurov. He didn't play at all this year. He could have come back from injury and been rusty, or he could have pulled something early, or 
from not playing. And I, I don't know. There's a, there's a, a whole myriad of things that could have gone wrong. But the fact is, is they just look like a juggernaut because they have so many high-end players. They have a goalie that makes $10 million a year. They have two all-star forwards that are probably Hall of Fame forwards that make over $8 million a year. They have uh, Braden Point, who scores the majority of his points throughout the year in the playoffs, making, I think he makes $6.75 million. They have Victor Hedman. Uh, uh, he's always nominated for the Norris every year. He's making like it's between seven and nine million. They have all these players making so much money, and then even after that, they still have you know Gord and um, Sorelli, Sorelli and Kalorn and all these other. Yeah, players. exactly. They have so many other players making contracts that sure they're you know they're well in their rights to get, but the fact is, is that they have all these other players with these huge contracts. It's crazy. So who's to say Edmonton doesn't sit? McDavid and Dreisaitl next year. Or even yeah. one of them. You sit one of them. There's 10 mil off your books. Yeah. Sit both of them. You got 20 mil. Yeah. yeah well, you, yeah. You sit both of them. You're finishing dead last again. Yeah, but you yeah. see how many fillers you could get. <laughs> yeah, you could sign a whole new team. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But the problem with Edmonton is they is no one wants to sign there. Yeah. So. Louis Erickson. Yeah, he vetoed a trade there. Um, there's, but th- that's just it. Things like that. We joke about Edmonton doing that. It's not going to be long before other teams catch on to this, and they will start running this risk because they're seeing it work out for someone else right now. They have to change the rule. It, I find it funny you guys bring up Edmonton because the league just amended some rules to stop people from doing what they did, which is suck forever, collecting top five picks for like half a decade, and then, while well, not being good, but still keeping those players away from other teams. Right, and they've just now changed the drafting rules that you can't pick in the top three more than like two years in a row or something like that. Yeah. Um, Buffalo's going to have something to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's just it. There's a team basically trying to use the Edmonton model and the NHL saying, nope, can't do that anymore, as the NHL should do. Um, but they also need to do this with, with this Tampa Bay situation, especially because unlike what Edmonton did, this is working. And other teams will try to implement the strategy. So they, they need to do something about it. This can't happen again. Yeah. It well, shouldn't be happening now. What if St. Louis trades for Eichel? And now they're $11 million over the cap. Eichel's neck injury takes him out until yeah. game one of the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's You're exactly saying. right. And, and yeah. now you have a solid St. Louis team that With brings Jack in Eichel. Jack Eichel. For the playoffs. For the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying a, a team, a team that can make the playoffs without him. Without him, and yeah. they sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. They get Jack Eichel. Yeah, oh, top or even, team gets eliminated. Or even Nashville could do that. There you go. <laughs> anyway, the, yeah. you, you, you guys are proving my point time and time again here. It, if this works for Tampa, other teams are going to try it, yeah. and that, and it's cheating. And it should not be allowed for any team. And it's funny that, like, this is the discussion we're having about this series, you know? Because, like, the hockey was great hockey. It was. It was an entertaining series. Unfortunately, this is the conversation that we're having about it. Because, you know, and it's, it's so funny because I think in the future when we look back at the 2020 Stanley Cup champions and very well they could win again this year, the 2021 Stanley Cup champions, we could go, all right, great. So Tampa won the COVID Cup and then they cheated for the 2021 Cup. It's like they could win back-to-back Stanley Cups that people are like asterisks for the rest of their lives. Yep. So, And it's like it wouldn't be so much talked about if it wasn't such a juggernaut player. 
like Nikita Kucherov or Steven Stamkos coming back yeah. off injury. But because it's your arguably two of your best players coming back, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. But, I mean, a cup's a cup. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, look at the Houston Astros, right? They they didn't cheat in That's that That's a different sense. kind of right. cheating. But, but, like, the way that the the entire fan base of the MLB is pushed back against the Astros for cheating, I, you know, when we see fans in the stands next year, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Tampa Bay Lightning get treated not quite to the extent that the Astros have been getting treated, but, like, they're not going to be line brawls every game against them. Yeah, no. because, because this is the other thing is at the end of the day, this isn't necessarily the players cheating. This isn't Kucherov saying, hey, I'm going to fake an injury. You guys just yeah. go play and I'm coming back. This is what he's being told by management. I still think it'd be really funny if fans brought like little trash cans and bang the trash cans <laughs> at, at lightning games. I think that'd be hilarious. But yeah. Oh, anyway. That brings us into a fun new segment that we started next week. <laughs> that we what? <laughs> oh no! Oh my Next god! Week, yeah. So psych. <laughs> yeah, that's on par with Tyler. I'm here with Tyler. <laughs> Tyler hosting the show. Welcome back. I'm here with Tyler. Do you have that clip? Of no, we... I don't. So what? Okay, you so did not lose that. Here's what happened. We recorded that. And then we had to restart the podcast. Because remember, he the, was hosting. The, and that was how we started it. So we had to restart. So it recorded over that. So I lost oh, that. But yeah, that was started gold. a podcast by saying, hey guys, what's up? I'm here with Tyler. No, I think I said Marcus, Tyler, my, uh, and yeah. I. And yeah. then you, went, you were like, my so- wait. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm here with Marcus, Ty- Tyler, and myself. And I'm like, wait a second. That does not sound right. Pretty sure Jake's here too. <laughs> and and there's, there's not two of me. Mirror in front of me. <laughs> we are in Jake's house, but Jake is nowhere to be found. Yeah, just two Tyler's. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what what segment are we starting next week, Marcus? Next week, <laughs> we're gonna start doing something we started last week, and we're also gonna do today. All right. That brings us back into Jake's goof of the week. Is that what we're calling your segment by the way? Is that what you want us to call it? I don't know. Just the biggest goof of the week. Big J- well, we, we got to call it Jake something. It's got to be yours. Okay. This is Jake's your biggest goof of the week. Jake is the biggest goof of the yeah, week. Yeah, because I'm the biggest goof then yeah. I guess we'll yeah. <laughs> we'll make my segment Jake's biggest goof of the yeah. week. Jake's big goof of the week. Jake, yeah. take it away. So, the biggest goof of the week this week is funny that we were uh, talking about the MLB a little while ago. Because the biggest goof of the week is MLB pitchers. Have you guys seen the stuff that's coming out of the MLB recently? Not even a little bit. No. There has been, and that's the, that's funny you guys haven't, because online there is big discussion about how uh, MLB pitchers this year are cheating like crazy. Cheating? Yes. Oh. Have you guys seen how many no-hitters there have been this year so far? No. Lots, I'm guessing, by, by what you're telling me. It implies there would be many. Yeah, I haven't really followed the MLB much this year. I and also, Vladdy, for, for I comparison, like, I, I'm a very casual baseball fan. So when you tell me how many no-hitters there have been, you're also going to have to tell me how many there are in a normal season. Because whatever number you're going to tell me isn't going to mean much. Without... There's, there's usually only like a couple oh, okay. in a regular season. Yeah, so... Best. And yeah. how far into the season are we here? Like halfway, not even? Not even halfway. Not even halfway. The okay. season is April to September in the MLB. 
Oh, right. So we're not even close. We, yeah, we're well, well, no, we're getting kind of... Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's usually like a small handful of, of, of no-hitters every year. Okay. So far this year, there have been six, which is a big jump. And we're like a third of the way through the season, right. give or take. Right. And Maybe so it's it's kind of brought this like shade of doubt over these no hitters. And so there's been like clips of pitchers and what they do is they put some sort of like some sort of like really weird mixture of sticky substances. Yeah, like Vaseline or something. It's, a, it's almost like a tarry Vaselineski. <laughs> oh no, Vaselineski is slippery. It, it's almost, no, but it's like, almost like a tarry type, type yeah, of like Because okay. I've yeah. seen that before. The players have used Vaseline in the past. That has been Oh, really? Thing. Okay. Yeah, because they that's how they've tried to get away with it is they actually put like a big wad of it behind their ear. Yeah. And they're, and then when they get checked, they're like, oh, that's just, I just get dry there. Exactly. Like, that's their excuse. So it, it's kind of similar to what's going on right now. How are they I need to lubricate my <laughs> neck. Yeah. Give me some Vaselineski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that should have been the fake sponsor, Vaselineski. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. so the, the, the big issue is that the, the, the pitchers are putting all all of this like sticky substance in their gloves and they're just picking out the, the the substance out of their glove putting it on their fingers and then just getting crazy spin on the ball yeah and it's funny because outfielders are picking up the baseballs and they're all sticky and gross and it, yeah it's like a huge thing in the mlb right now and it's getting no media attention has anyone like actually gotten caught and thrown from a game doing this yet so it's funny that you bring that up no however there is a pitcher by the name of trevor bauer and Trevor Bauer was like a pretty mediocre pitcher for the first few years of his career. And then last year, he won the Cy Young. Like, out of nowhere, he was just the best pitcher. Okay. And so, because he won the Cy Young, he was able to sign this, like, crazy big contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right. And so, he has, I think it's, like, one of the biggest contracts in the MLB. And he's been pitching like that again this year. And it was like, how did this guy go from being a middle-of-the-road, middling pitcher to being the best pitcher in the MLB just seemingly overnight? And, and people, you know, baseball is a super anal analyzed sport. Yeah. You know, they really dive into the um, the different analytics for different pitchers. And, yeah, this guy's revolutions per minute on the ball. He's just shot through the roof. And, yeah, it's like I, I, I was surprised that this hasn't been getting more attention. And MLB pitchers, man, a lot of them are going to start getting suspended because it's happening everywhere. Oakland, Toronto, L.A., everywhere. All the teams are doing it. Wow. Yeah. Cheaters gonna cheat. Seems yeah. like everyone is cheating nowadays. Yeah. I, I th well, I think what happened is when Houston got caught for cheating, they were like, you know what? Fuck it. The floodgates are open. Yep. We're cheating. This is what I'm Every saying. Sport's not, like, not, yeah, not, not only about that, but about Tampa. If cheating goes unchecked and unpunished, it's no longer cheating. It's part of the game. And if you don't do it, you're not trying hard enough. Right? If there's legitimate ways you can give yourself an advantage... That whether or not they're against the written rules, if it's not getting disciplined, you would be foolish not to do it. Yeah. Right? I'm doing it. If I'm watching other players do that and I'm like, hey, I'm starting checking them or, you know, the league's not disciplining anyone, I'm probably verbally going to tell my pitchers, hey, you need to start doing whatever it is that they're doing yeah. because, they, well, they're getting away with it. Yeah. Right? It's like um, even what... Uh, Lance Armstrong said after he got caught using steroids was that he said, look, I'm getting caught and it's being a big media thing because I'm me. He was the biggest biker at the time. But 
he said, you would not believe how many other guys are doing this. And if I wasn't too, I wouldn't be able to compete with them. Hmm. Right? And, and I'm, in no way am I defending Lance Armstrong for using roids, but there's something to what he said, that if everyone else is cheating and you're the only one that's not, how are you supposed to win anything? Yeah. The, the leagues, you know, MLB, NHL, I'm sure there's cheating in the NFL, you know, Deflategate a few years ago. Yeah. It happens. They gotta crack down on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that's the biggest goof of the week. MLB pitchers makes wow. sense. That's crazy. Uh, nominations for a few of the NHL awards. Actually, have all of them been named now? The the nominees for all the awards. I think I can't confidently be. say yes, but I know that most of the important ones have been. Yeah. Uh, so, notably, I believe yesterday, the Hart nomination candidates came out. Uh, it is three players you'd pretty well expect to be there. It is Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and Austin Matthews, a.k.a. the entire first line of Team North America from the World Cup of Hockey. Um, I think this one's fairly obvious i think austin matthews should win the heart because he scores lots of goals what <laughs> what <laughs> he's like a scooby-doo character yeah. <laughs> are you on glue are you on glue <laughs> oh man you haven't been paying attention oh, the clear winner of the heart should be you see freaking <laughs> going off the board. I like it. If only he was two inches taller. I think it should go to a team with a bad team. <laughs> worst team. The best player on the worst team. Congratulations, yeah. Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Actually, no, he might have been the worst player on the worst team. Oh my god. Uh, you think like Rasmus Ristolainen was better than him? <laughs> you see Sorrow snubbed. <laughs> snubbed again. Oh. And every major award this year. That oh, just man. no recognition. It's the media's <laughs> fault. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Connor McDavid. Guy got over 100 points in a fifth shortened season. Obviously, it's going to yeah, be Connor McDavid. But There's no discussion here. But he is playing alongside Leon Dreisaitl. Right, yeah. I mean, right. half these points are just being spoon-fed to him. Right, well, yeah. Well, friggin' Matthews is playing alongside the Marner. Yeah, but that doesn't and, help that. And, and they have a third winger, a third player on that line where Edmonton does not. <laughs> There's just guys on skates, right, Mark? And right, but just, but big, just, but neither of those guys are as good as Leon Dreisaitl. No, but if you put like Marners and Hyman together, they might make Leon Dreisaitl. Maybe, but then that doesn't account for the fact that sometimes Jesse Pugliarvi is there. What is this conversation? Phenomenal (laughs) hockey player. And then if you look at Colorado, they have Nathan McKinnon, obviously, playing with Landeskog and Randon. So he's surrounded by great people. Yeah, that's true. You you know what? I I like your original point. It should have been UC Soros because he's the only one that has no backup at all. It, what's funny is it's not even the worst take ever, we're, but we're never going to let you hear the end of it. You good. I'm glad every time you bring it up, I'll be like, because I was right. <laughs> okay. Funny wins the heart, the vest. You see Soros for Calder. Okay, give him the rocket. Wait, wait, he's not a rookie? <laughs> yeah, he saved enough goals that he should be. 
worth yeah. the rocket. It's <laughs> the rocket Richard. <laughs> he wins the Uno reverse rocket. He's no goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Pecorini scored. He did, yeah. There's the King Clancy too. Yeah, the King Clancy. This goes to uh, the player who makes the biggest impact in their community. Uh, typically a very charitable player. I believe this year's nominees were Matt Dumba, P.K. Subban. Pecorine. Oh, really? Yes, it's Pecorine, P.K. Subban, and Curtis Gabriel. UC Soros snub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, UC Soros snub. If he was two inches taller, he would make well, a way bigger impact no, in Pecorine, his community. six foot five. You'd have to be almost a foot taller. Six foot taller. Jake, why should Pecorine win? I, to be perfectly honest, love the team. I have no idea what Pecorine did. So, I, honestly, it could be any of these three guys. I don't know what they did, but good for them. <laughs> I'll admit, sometimes it's difficult when you don't live in the same community that these players are from. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, in the in the Sedins last season, they both somehow won, uh, which kind of makes sense because they did the exact same thing. They um, cheated. <laughs> they cheated. Yeah, they Two people cheated. can't win one award. <laughs> yeah, this is worse than the Tampa Bay Yeah, they're Bay one thing. person over the cap. <laughs> <laughs> one person over the award recipient limit. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it, it was easy for me to say, yeah, they should win because they made massive donations to the Canucks Children's Hospital yeah. and a few other places uh, in their final season. Uh, so it was easy for us to say, oh, they should win because of this. But you're not always going to hear about what donations players are making to their local hospitals on the other side of the country. Exactly. Right? It's, it's just... It's, it's, and honestly, in my opinion, it's not so much worth debating. I think it's more just worth congratulating all nominees on being superstar athletes who could do anything they want with their money and they choose to give it to charity. Uh, so or, or make charitable actions. Yes. With the money that they have. That's correct. It, it, just on being good people and being ambassadors for the hockey community. So in my opinion, not worth debating who should win, but more congratulating and thanking all that contribute. For sure. I think it's that time. Is it that time? I think it's that time. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It might make you get your vaccine only with the promise of free beer or guns. It's Tyler's surprise headline. <laughs> oh, God. God. This, this needs its own audio. <laughs> <laughs> this needs its own podcast. It's <laughs> yeah, a podcast of whatever the hell I'm, gonna, I'm about to say. I don't even remember what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, so this week goes to a car accident. Oh. oh. Was, nobody was injured. Okay, that's... Thanks. Thank Leave with that. <laughs> was there I, another four-year-old driving? I didn't want to bring everyone. I didn't want to bring everyone was down. Was the four-year-old driving again? <laughs> it was not. But I didn't want to bring everyone down. But after the car accident, they could not find their dog. Oh. A couple days later, they got a phone call. This dog had made its way onto a farm, and started herding sheep on its own. <laughs> really? Yeah. They came outside, and this dog was herding their sheep. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not our dog, but like, it's doing its yeah, job. Yeah. Two-year-old dog never herded sheep before in its life. Yeah. Nope. It, it was born to herd sheep. So they called the people. They got their dog back. But yeah. I was just like, wow. Yeah. The, the dog knows what's up. So, like, this sounds like something a border collie would do. I do not know what kind of dog. Okay. It okay. Didn't the, say. The, the more interesting thing for me would be like, 
I want to try to guess where in the world this took place. <laughs> because I feel like this just kind of screams Midwest. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking that. I'm like, that is the only place where not only would you find just free labor walking its way onto your farm, yeah. you're trying to find the owner of it to give yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah. like, so. I can just hear the conversation. Hi there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, so it looks like we had a bit of a whoopsie, and uh, <laughs> your dog seems to be hurting our sheep. <laughs> it was a border collie. Oh, ah, there we go. Ah, All right. Ah, was it in me. the Midwest? A point for me. I'm pretty sure this took place in Idaho. So I guess so the Midwest. So I guessed border collie correctly, and you correctly guessed the Midwest. <laughs> Wow, it's almost like you guys Psychics. are reading my story <laughs> yeah. before I even swear to God. No, it just, I, I had no idea. Those I things know. just sounded like they would be yeah. true. Like border collies border are collie sheep herding dogs. That's wow. what they do. Yeah. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, once again, you can email us at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at vancouverboyspodcast and on TikTok under the same handle. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace.